Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 204, Securing Our Inheritance. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. It's good to be back with you. I hope you're enjoying the season that you're in. I've just come back from a lovely walk in the mountains behind our home and met a few people, smiled, laughed. And I thought, wow, could I believe that one year, two years ago, everybody was in lockdown? We couldn't smile. We couldn't see each other's faces. We couldn't touch. We couldn't meet. And we were told, don't exercise, don't go to churches, don't go to synagogues, don't pray, stay in the house. Little did we know what a deep impact that would have on so many people, very disastrous impact. And little did we know how ineffectual and inappropriate so much for that advice was. And as we saw from many of our politicians and leaders, they didn't go along with the plan that they had put in place for us, suggesting that perhaps the science wasn't as secure as they hoped it would be. But when I was walking in the mountains and looking at the wonderful cacti that have come out of a blossoming and the new growth around me because of the rains we've had, I thought of, this is my inheritance. I thought, the ability to smell and smile and touch and walk and feel the wind on my face. This was the inheritance of the Garden of Eden. This is what was left for me. Wherever I am, that fresh air, that sun, that rain, whatever's going on for you at the moment, maybe you've got too much of one of those. But this is what we were left. This is our inheritance. And is often spoken but as I breathe in that air, I'm breathing in the air of the dinosaurs. I'm breathing in the air of the masters who have walked this earth. And I'm breathing in the air of those who have perhaps lived other types of life. We're not alone. But it's our inheritance to enjoy this planet. And I'm determined, like many of you, to keep on enjoying it and be a good guest for this planet. And care for it in a way that is natural, because I believe that left to its own devices, it would be very happy just to go back to knowing what it does really well. I remember last time I was in New Zealand and walking in the forest there and standing by a lake that was in the middle of the forest and really asking that question, what would happen if humans weren't here? Very quickly I heard, we'd be fine. We'd just revert back to the way in which we were. We would not have man-made lakes or paths through forests. We would find our own way. And I think wherever you look and wherever you are, you'll see that happening. We've had tremendous fires here in New Mexico, but now we've had great rain. And I see that new growth. Nature knows how to do this very well. And it doesn't need fertilizers and pesticides. It, it knows how to find harmony because it understands that harmony and everybody living in harmony with each other, each playing its part, 
is the way in which we move forward. I think that's what the message is for all of us today. And so if you're not taking that moment to step outside or to go into nature, I really suggest you do so. And if possible, <laughs> without earbuds in or thinking of something else, but really appreciate the difference between locked down and locked in <laughs> and the ability to be out there in the world. And so I really brought that subject to my podcast today because guess what? Uranus in Taurus, which I've spoken about much before, is now going retrograde and it's going to be retrograde for quite a long period of time, which is going to affect us all until January. And so I want to talk about that and what that means. But before I go there, let's just have a quick look at this new moon on the 27th. New moon in Virgo. This is really good for all the Virgos around. And it's a four degrees. And at the moment, it's going to be, or on that 27th, it's squaring Mars in Gemini. And Mars has just gone into Gemini and it will be there for eight months, which is a really long period of time for Mars. It tends to skip around the zodiac chart. It's going to have quite a long period of retrograde action. And so what we're looking at here is from now until March, we're going to have this Gemini Mars. And Gemini, she says with a smile, is all about communication, talking, speaking, writing, sharing. That's Gemini. So when Mars is there, Mars is passionate about doing all those things. So we're going to see a passion for wanting to speak about things, things brought out into the surface. And what is often said that we Geminis can be a little bit superficial, I don't believe that at all. But the fact of the matter is, this is going to be about focusing on what we want to speak about. And it's not superficial in terms of its depth of discovery. So in other words, we know a lot of things, but all the Geminis I know and those who have Mars in Gemini, they have a great depth of knowledge. And so I think that we're going to find ourselves deeply diving into the knowledge. We need that desperately at this moment. So we really need to listen to true experts. That's what I'm wanting to suggest here, that the Mars in Gemini, we need to be saying, who are the real experts? Let's listen to them. And so focusing our attention, focusing on what we want to say, focusing on what we want to share and listening to those who really know what is true and what is just the superficial energy. And that's going to be going on from now, which is now in August, through for eight months, and that will be into March of 2023. Very important time. But as I said, it's squaring this new moon in Virgo. Now, Virgo likes to get things right. He wants to be precise. And what I will say, there's tension, because they're squaring, between someone who just wants to tell the truth now, I'm going to tell you exactly it is, is, and be slightly critical, because a Virgo can be, and someone who says, okay, I need to be able to assess what I'm about to say and not hold it in, 
but find, again, a very focused way of speaking. So over these next few days, be careful of what you want to say, because it may come out in a rather fiery way, and we may see that fiery discussions going on, obviously in politics between countries, oh, all over the place. So we may hear angry words, and especially critical ones, because that is one of the components of Virgo. The people not being particularly nice to each other, if I may say. But if we put the Mars aside, which is, as I say, going to be around for the next eight months, bringing to the surface what is true and really calling on those who say that they're bringing a truth to the surface and asking them, are you actually clear about what you're saying? Because that's really a fe feature that we're going to see. We, we all know there are those who very quickly say something but has no depth to it. So we're looking for depth of information. I want to just clarify in that Mars in Gemini. We come back to the Virgo, however. And Virgo is, as I say, on its superficial side, can be critical. And I always want to say to anybody who has Virgo in their chart, and I have a Virgo ascendant, that the fact that we see a picture not straight on the wall isn't the fact that we're just nitpicking or that picture needs to be straightened, yes? <laughs> but the fact is we know what beauty is. So the fact you're noticing that that picture is not straight is saying all the rest of the room looks wonderful and that picture is just a little bit out of kilter. So the recognition of beauty and perfection is the eye of the Virgo. And I know many of you know that you know when something's a little off. And the wonderful thing about Virgo, it isn't again about seeing what's wrong. It's saying here is the potential for perfection. So let's straighten up that picture. Okay. And on the highest level of Virgo is compassion. And compassion means what I see in you, I see in me. And, and often what I criticize in you, I actually criticize in me. And the beauty of Virgo is that it isn't always outward pointing, which we have far too much of in this planet. Virgos will over-self-analyze. They will overthink things. Yes, Virgos? So this is about when we're not seeing something straight or something isn't quite as we think, we do need to analyze what's going on. And this will call on all of us over this next month to say, hang on a minute, something doesn't feel right. Something isn't quite right in what you're saying to me. So I think we're going to become more sensitive to this slight, you know, in, in, uh, inconsistency. You know, you're telling me that, you're smiling as you're saying it, I'm not sure. So I feel we're all deepening that awareness of knowing when something's true, and it may be true for something everybody else, but it's not true for me, and being able to say, you know, that doesn't actually feel true to me. And what we're doing is deeply digging into where do I feel secure? And why I wanted to use that word secure is secure in my knowingness. So you may say to me, well, I feel secure when I have enough money, enough food, enough clothing, etc. All of that's true. All of that is the very basic needs. But what I'm wanting to talk about is a deeper security. And that deeper security 
one of the aspects of it is that inner knowing. When I can trust that inner knowing, that intuition, I feel more secure. Isn't that right? And I believe over these next few months, we're going to be tested. And we're going to be tested in many ways to say what secures me to myself. It may be different from, from your family or your partner, etc. But it's like, what makes me feel secure? And that security comes from a deep trust of our inner knowing. And again, it's not about saying, well, you're wrong, I'm right. We've got far too much of that happening. It's like, I'm okay with you believing that doesn't sit comfortably with me. And I see that we're going to have much more of that happening over the next few months. That ability to be discerning, which I believe is the higher level of both compassion and Virgo. So a Virgo says, okay, I see in you what I see in me. And my choice is not to go along the path that you perhaps are going to take. So rather than being judgmental, which Virgo can be, it's about discernment and trusting your inner knowing and trusting what you're doing. This isn't right for me. And it reminds me of sitting in a seminar where there was somebody who I considered was doing magic tricks. And I was enthralled by the fact they were doing them because I thought they were really clever. And around me were many very clever people, I'm intellectually clever and intelligent, and they were just so enthralled by these magic tricks and taken in, if I may say. Now, it wasn't right or wrong, but they couldn't believe that halfway through I thought, this isn't actually for me. I could see what was happening. It wasn't affecting me, but it wasn't interesting to me. So I got up and, and I did very silently walk out. Well, afterwards, they said, why? Why did you leave? And I said, well, it was very good, but I'd, I'd seen something similar before. And they said, yeah, but did you see how that happened? And I went, and how's that helping us? How's that helping you? Well, it was, it was wonderful. He made this person fall over. Or he made this person stand up. I mean, it was a hypnotic game. And I said, and how did that enrich your soul? How did that help the universe? How did it help humanity? Oh, well, it was a magic trick. And I realized that was it. It was just a sense of phenomena, a sense of glamour. It didn't go any deeper. So why I'm tying that story in, it didn't mean that they were right or wrong. It didn't resonate with me as a deep level. Clearly, it did with others. But what we're all going to be tested on is, does this bring me to a higher state of security, nurturing, inner knowing, by those people's words, actions, and thoughts? So be wise, be discerning. Don't lose energy in something that isn't taking you anywhere. No judgment to anybody else. And there is one other thing I want to say here, which may sound rather strange, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> you may have heard me speak about a Taurus. And a Taurus, T-O-R-U-S, not Taurus, as we're going to be talking about, but Taurus. A Taurus is a figure, a three-dimensional figure, that constantly rotates. We often say it's like a, a ring donut that you constantly see uh, where the lines will move apart and then come together. 
we know that the energy of the hut is a Taurus. And because of the movement of this Taurus, it is self-perpetuating. In other words, I could take a cell out of the heart, not a, a live heart, but I would say I would, when I was a student, we would take a cell and you could put it away from the brain and it continues to pump or to move. And what we know is that the heart muscle cells still remember this self-perpetuating torus that exists within the makeup that is not innovated by the brain, but is innovated by the natural etheric energy of the heart itself. Something else is causing the heart to continue in this pattern far outside any innovation, as they say, from the brain. Now, that doesn't mean, therefore, if I die, my heart's just going to continue. It actually will for a while. But what's more important is that the etheric heart will continue. And as I'm coming back to saying, the Taurus itself exists because you have equal amounts of energy that is both attracting and equal amounts repelling. And so its perfect balance is equal amounts of dark and light. And whatever we may think about dark and light in our own minds, oh, I don't want to be the dark, <laughs> I want to be in the light, etc. It is only when we have full acceptance of the dark and light within ourselves that we have this strength, this security that we will continue. The security of our inheritance. And so some may look at the Merkabah. That's another way of looking this. I prefer the Taurus and perhaps you'll look it up. But this Taurus energy is the same energy we now know exists in the center of the galaxy. So there is a toroidal field in the center of the galaxy, the heart of the galaxy, the heart of the great mother, as I call her. Now we believe that the same exists. In fact, we know it does in the center of our earth. That The movement of the fluid within the core of the earth causes mini toruses or awry, and toroidal fields. So we now know the center of the earth, the heart of Mother Earth is a Taurus. The heart of our sun is probably a Taurus. The heart of the galaxy is a Taurus. And on and on and on. And what I came to understand is that once you exist within that Taurus, once you have that equal and opposite fields working around you, and within you, from the center of your heart, you can access any heart. The heart of the Mother Earth, the heart of the galaxy, the heart of the sun, and the heart of everybody around you. The Taurus is that resonating frequency that means that not only are we all one, but we are all one now. We don't have to travel anywhere. And we now know that the Taurus has a, a wormhole in the middle. So we have a black hole, a white hole, won't go too far down that track. But in other words, once we get into that toroidal field, we do not need our travel, our ability to step outside in time and space 
is there and we can now travel anywhere. Okay, don't need to go as, as yet into that. But what I'm wanting to say is Virgo, compassion, equal amounts of dark and light. The more we can meet ourselves in others and say there is another part of me and I integrate that into my heart, the more we will find the peace and the harmony and the security. It does not mean that we need to live as if we are those other people. All it means is I have no fear of them. And their costumes, their masks, I can put into my closet. And at any point, I can take them out, put them on, say, oh, yes, I'm living as if I am that. But I have a choice. When we have fear or anger at someone, it's because we haven't yet integrated that into our own beingness. That's the journey of Virgo and compassion. My last piece on this is, Back probably in 2012, when I was teaching around 2012, I remember hearing this message that to open the portal that will allow us to ascend or to expand our consciousness into other dimensions, we would have to create a portal, or these portals, excuse me, were Taurus, Tauri, so that what we were asking, being asked to do was to create these a Taurus in our heart, which would allow us to ascend or open our consciousness. And I heard very clearly, we need equal amounts on the dark side and the light side for inhumanity for this to occur. And what I heard was the dark side are very well organized. They're waiting for the light side to organize themselves. And I thought, I could believe that to be true. So rather than trying to change those who you might consider are doing darker work than you are, could you just organize your own light? And you do that not by denying your own dark side, by, by integrating it. But do not spend so much time in trying to change what you cannot change and what is essential for us to expand our consciousness. Now to just change tack for now, for a short time, the Uranus in Taurus, Uranus is now gone retrograde. In Taurus, we've talked about that a lot. So Taurus is about security, finance, food, fuel, all of those things that we've all been looking at. Uranus in Taurus will cause, when it's retrograde, will cause often unexpected external changes to occur suddenly. Uranus is sudden. But when it does that, it will cause us to have to look at our internal changes. So perhaps you've been talking about doing something, but it's not been happening. So between now and January, it's August to January of next year, if you feel that something's happening to you externally that's causing you to change, say, what, do I, what change do I need to make internally? Again, you could use the motto I use, close all the doors that are not in harmony with my soul, open those that are. Or maybe you've been kind of resisting it, Taurus. Oh, I don't want to go there. This is the time to do it. 
Don't wait for something external to happen that's forcing you to do this. And because Venus is squaring Uranus and then Saturn will be squaring Uranus, Venus is relationships, so something may come up in relationships. And again, maybe don't focus so much on trying to change the relationship, but what needs to change inside you to make the relationship change? That doesn't mean you may not decide that there is no relationship, but look inside. What am I holding on to? What's causing me to stay in the situation that isn't working for me? So that, I think, is going to be the pressure. Maybe you've been very rebellious over the last few months, but it's been rather ineffectual. Again, this period of time may push us into a direction. And I would say, please don't get so attached to what's going on outside. Of course, it may affect you. You have to be. But constantly ask, what do I need to change to adapt to this situation? Because we're being led off in different directions rather than looking within, although so much has changed over these last two years. So I feel positive about this Uranus in Taurus. But again, let yourself recognize that what you thought you were going to be and how you thought you were going to live your life may be ready to be changed. And as I've been looking at that for myself, I've been looking at what I call the desire body. It's not just me looking at that. And I thought, yes, again, those fundamental needs that we all have to keep our bodies going are important. But what seemed to be even more important was what do I need emotionally? What, what, what are my desires on the emotional level that need to change? What fears do I have that are constantly causing me to go back to an unhealthy situation? And I've had to look at that and say, yes, I want, to, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. I really, I saw myself with these very sharp teeth holding on. I wasn't sure what I was holding on to, but it made me look back and say, wow, it's almost like if and the, when something, something happens in the external world, when I get approval or people like me or whatever it is, then I'll feel secure. And clearly, I have to find that without seeking something in the external world. So that's the level of security I wanted to talk about. And my final piece is that when I was looking at Taurus, I also became aware that the Pallades that wonderful, what we call the seven sister stars from what we can see, also are part of Taurus. They're part of the Taurus constellation. And it made me think about Pallades and what's happening there. And clearly, the Pallades is made up of thousands of stars. It's just how we see them. And again, everything's from our perspective. And that we can actually see now 14 stars with the telescope or, or let's say a, a mild telescope or our naked eyes. But we like to call it the seven sisters. And the Pallades were seen as the mother energy that caused humanity to come alive. So in some of the teachings I've been looking at, the Pallades were a group of individuals, and many of you may feel that you came from the Pallades at some point. It was like a, I suppose, a nursery would have been a good way of looking at it. And it's a nursery between sixth dimension, fifth dimension, coming down into the fourth and third dimensions. So it was as if a place where, or the energy of the Pleiades is, how do we bring heaven onto earth? How do we nurture what we have on earth here through the love of the mother energy that is very much part of the Palladian energy? So any of you who are sensitive, 
empathic, have this maternal energy, probably have a strong connection to the Pleiades. But I want you to know it isn't the fact that you came only from there. It was a place we've, we all kind of connect into in order to be able to come into this earth, pick up the, the mother energy, the compassion that I've been talking about. And the Arcturians were said to be those who listened to what the Palladians said, the, the feminine energy saying, this is what we need to create. And the Arcturians were the one that said, okay, let's go do it. So they're much more the planners, the organizers, the spokespeople, they get out there. And we've all got both of them inside us, the masculine, feminine within us. And I thought, well, this is really part of our inheritance is it isn't about just being here on earth, but it's about recognizing that we've all come from so many different places and that those places are within us. Everything that's coming, whether again, it's 22 different species or 33, whichever numbers we want to look at, living within our own DNA now. And that securing our inheritance is saying that DNA is my inheritance. It's what I was born into and what I will pass on. And it fuels what I've been reading about, and I'll perhaps get into this more another time, is that throughout the world, there are what they call space arcs, like Noah's Ark, and that different groups went into the mountains, went into the water, into the seas, into the lakes, into the sky, and took all their knowledge with them and went into another dimension, fourth, fifth. So in other words, when different things were happening on these planets, on this planet, it was decided that all the information should be gathered up with people, with beings, and that they would enter into a what they call a stasis, a, a sleep state, holding on to this information until it was needed. And what we're understanding now is that these space arcs are being activated. And possibly one of them is in the Ukraine, one's in Antarctica, and you may imagine where others are. And I myself have seen this. I've seen it in some of the sites I've visited where there were beings who were sleeping and who were waiting. I have seen space arcs in my inner knowing. And it feels that it, I, rather than just waiting for all of these to be activated in the outer world, I realized those space arcs are living within me. I'm not just waking up a piece of DNA. I'm waking up my knowledge, my space arc. And my space arc may have come from Arcturus or Pallades, but it may have come from anywhere. And to me, this is what we're going to see more of. So watch out for the signs. Watch out for strange things happening, faces in clouds, birds visiting you, dreams, something strange happening, but it catches your attention. Numbers on the, on the clocks, 11-11. So many times that is coming, not just so you go, oh, that's nice, it's 11-11, but to wake up your own inner space arc and say, it's time. It's time to remember. So I'm going to leave you with that thought. I hope that excites you. Let yourself spend time in nature. Let yourself 
recognize the importance of right information at this time, right sharing. And most of all, enjoy what's coming because this is only just beginning and it's good. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.